Well, good morning, New Life. My name is Ryan Farm, the director of sports here at the church. Um, as many of you know, we've got most of our staff away at district assembly, so we're really excited for for them to get to meet with many of the other Nazarene churches just here. Not only what God is doing here in our midst, uh, but throughout our denomination. So we're really excited for them. And uh, because of that, uh, you're stuck with me here today. So, uh, no, I'm really excited to be up uh, continuing our, se- our series, uh, Questions People Ask. And this has been such a unique sermon series Because so often, I know we as a staff, like we're putting together uh, these different sermon series and we're asking, you know, God, what are you laying on our hearts for our congregation this week, this month, this year? This was kind of a really cool role reversal of, you know, what is God laying on your hearts? What are some of the questions that are popping up in our congregation, our family here at New Life? And so the one that we're going to answer today uh, is this. It says... How does God feel when we are tempted? And further, how does God feel about people who have turned to him, desire to follow him, but still struggle with giving in to that temptation? Such a big question there. And we're going to be excited to dive into it. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 10 today to discuss that. But first off, before we go any further, I want us to make something real, real, real clear. <laughs> Is that temptation and sin are not the same thing. Right, temptation and sin, they're not the same thing. You, re- you realize temptation is everywhere that we go. We can't control that. We live in a world uh, that in many ways seems to be governed by sin. Uh, and you think about just in the capitalist society that we have. You know, if I'm selling hamburgers, I want to tempt you to go and buy a hamburger. If I'm a real estate agent, I'm selling houses, I want to tempt you to go and buy that new house. Temptation is all different places in every walk of life. It's on TV, it's on our phones, it's in the streets, it's in our schools, it's in our homes, and it affects every single generation. Whether you're a kid, a teenager, middle-aged, senior, all of us face temptation. That's not something that we can choose. But what we can choose is to allow that temptation to evolve into sin. And we're going to discuss both of those things today. But before we do, you know, I was thinking about temptation this week, obviously in preparation. And it made me think of these guys. Twinkies. And do we have any Twinkie lovers out there? Anybody like Twinkies? All right, listen. And, and I couldn't find these ones up on the screen. This is the king of desserts. Strawberry filled Twinkies. But, you know, I, I love Twinkies. Uh, and, and it was funny, actually, this week we had, this past week we had Summerfest, which was awesome, by the way. Uh, for those of you guys who helped out with Summerfest, we had over 200 kids here Sunday uh, through Wednesday, uh, not only having a great time, but learning about God, His plan for their life. It was an awesome, awesome time. Uh, well, uh, myself and, and Becca Collis, who is our, our inter, or actually our assistant director of sports, uh, she was helping with games. And so, you know, I got a second. You know, games are tough, man. We're out in the heat, and I'm getting hungry because I didn't eat before, you know, our, our summer fest. So I walk into the snack section, and there's Dan Yost, someone I consider a friend. And they've got all these boxes of delicious Twinkies over there. And I walk over to him. And I look at one box, I'm like, Dan, this looks awfully lot like a box of 
extra Twinkies. And he just looks at me with this furious face. He goes, no, it's not. And I'm like, man, that is just cold. Like, I'm just trying to get a snack. I'm out there in the heat and doing these games and putting up with these kids. And I can't even get one single Twinkie. It was probably good that I was not able to indulge on that temptation. But actually, when I thought about Twinkies this week, I didn't just think about that story. I thought about a story of a friend of mine. His name was Paul. He was a pastor at a church that I worked at. And, and Paul, he was just convicted that he had given in this temptation for food to a point that it was distracting from his relationship with God. You see, he had talked about, man, you know, our bodies, they're a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I have just not been taking care of my temple very well. And so he made this decision that he was going to get his life right, and he was going to start eating healthy, and he was going to start, you know, just uh, working out and losing weight and all this kind of good stuff. And so he had to abandon what was one of his favorite snacks and that was the Twinkie. Well, he tells this story of he went into, you know, this, this grocery store. Uh, it was a sparkle market. Uh, so basically what a sparkle is, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but it's the Northeast Ohio version of, like, Baker's IGA. Do we have anyone who likes to shop at Baker's? I, I, I Listen, I love the little supermarkets. I love the little grocery stores. And, you know, the thing about those stores, though, is they understand how to utilize our temptations. Because if you've ever been to Baker's IGA... Right at the front, when you're ready to cash out, go to the register, get your stuff, they put this table up there. And it's got all kinds of cookies and cakes and desserts and donuts. And what's worse is they're like half off or buy one, get one or real cheap. And so, you know, you're sitting there in line. You have nothing to do. You're looking around. And this temptation is just staring at you in the face. Well, Paul's in that grocery store and he's maneuvering through the aisles and he's resisting. Man, he's fighting a good fight. You know, chips over there. No, I'm not going to get that. I'm going to get some celery. You know, cookies over here. No, I'm not going to get that. I'm going to get some hummus. And he fights all the way through this grocery store, gets all this healthy food. He's sitting at there, standing at the cash register when he comes face to face with his number one temptation, a box of Twinkies. And I'd love to tell you that, you know, Paul fought the good fight, that he said, you know, get, get thee behind me, Satan, and, you know, cashed out and took his celery and hummus and went home and enjoyed that real healthy lifestyle. I'd like to tell you that that is how the story ended. But in reality, what happened was 10 minutes later, Paul sat sobbing in the front of his car, a pint of chocolate milk in one hand, and a mostly eaten box of Twinkies in the other. And he said it was at that time he realized he had a real problem. He said, and this always made me laugh, he said, I was so convicted in that moment that I couldn't even finish the last Twinkie. Um, but it was such a, a, a funny story in a lot of ways about temptation. Uh, you know, that question that we asked, you know, how does God feel about those who have turned to him? We desire to follow him. We've maneuvered all this life with all of his different temptations. But in a moment of weakness or a season of hurt or whatever that might be, we give in to that temptation. How does God see us? How can we possibly continuously resist that level of temptation? Now, the realization is that story about Twinkies, it always gave me kind of a chuckle. But I also realized that, you know, in a room this size, uh, there are probably many of us that are struggling with temptations that are far from comical. 
Um, it could be anything from some of the well-knowns like, you know, sexual sin or, you know, dealing with addiction to substance, whether it be alcohol or drugs. But it can also be things that we don't necessarily think of temptations. Uh, the temptation to, to sin in our anger. There's things that are just frustrating us in our lives. There's all these different things that we've got packed into our schedule. And that frustration can lead to anger. And that anger can lead to acting out in sin. You know, it could be... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm at this place, and I'm, I'm in sales, and I've got all these guys that I work with every single day, and it's cutthroat, and they're always bragging about their new car that they got or the new house that they have, and I've given to this temptation of greed and always needing more and more to the point that this desire for money usurps my desire to follow God and the plan that he has for me. We said earlier that temptation exists everywhere in our lives. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to ask you, if we will, could, could we turn to 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. And we're going to discuss not only temptation, but how does God see us when we struggle with it? What does that look like? And how can we possibly resist all these avenues of temptation in our life? Now, as you're there, 1 Corinthians, I want to give a little bit of background you know, on, this, uh, on this particular passage uh, 1 Corinthians, it's a letter from Paul to the church in Corinth. Now, this church obviously is a Gentile church, which means that they have kind of had, had a radical conversion over to following Christ. And their desire is certainly to continue to follow him. But what they're facing is this temptation to start to indulge in some of the things of their old life. And, and Paul, when he addresses in this particular letter, is pretty direct. If you, you are familiar with Paul, he's a pretty direct guy. Uh, it, this is not like, oh, man, you know, I'm really sorry you're facing this stuff. And, oh, man, it's, that just stinks that that's what you're going through. He kind of puts it to him straight. And, and I don't know about you, but I know for me there's times I just need someone to put it to me straight. <laughs> I need the truth given in love. Um, and he gives a reason for this. His justification of why it is so important to, uh, to resist temptation. He says this, this is in uh, chapter 6, verse 20. You have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. The realization is that this life that we have is not our own. It was bought with a price. And this is why this is such an important topic to discuss. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to read these two verses and I'm telling you, within these two verses, there's a lot of stuff packed in. So we're going to actually break it down. But let's read the whole thing first. And it says this. Again, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 12 through 13. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overcome you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Now, when we read this section, we read these verses, I realize that there's probably three different groups of people in this room. Uh, the first group is a group that's actively struggling in temptation right now. Maybe to the point where that temptation is leading you into sin and possibly into a sinful lifestyle. And so that group, you're going to understand the importance of this thing that we're talking about today. Group two 
is a group that maybe not right there. You know, there's temptation all around. We get that. But, you know, in my life right now, I'm not struggling with anything in particular. But I've got this family member or this loved one. A mom, dad, brother, sister, son, daughter, who has just given themselves into temptation, and it has evolved into sin, and that sin is overtaking them uh, and overtaking their life and leading them away from Christ. And that group, you guys, will understand the importance of what we're going to talk about here this morning. But there is a third group, and, and I bring this group up because, quite honestly, I fall into this group way too much as a believer. It's the, you know, at least I'm better than that guy, Christian. And what can happen is, you know, we see something like this. You know, hey, I'm not struggling with that right now. You know, temptation, yeah, it's all around me. But I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm resisting. I'm staying on that straight and narrow. You know, listen, I, I, I always kind of struggle with greed a little bit here and there. But, you know, at least I'm not those guys at my workplace. It's all about the show. It's all about, you know, the perfect life. And, you know, I, I get angry just like anybody else, but, you know, I'm not giving myself into angry fits like I see this person or that person doing. And so we comparatively think, you know, overall my life's pretty good. I'm doing the thing. I'm living that life. And I'll tell you, I think that Paul has this first verse here very specifically for that group three Christian. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And I'll tell you, this one spoke very specific to me. I want to share a story because maybe you can identify with it. Uh, I remember being in high school. And I was a freshman in high school. And it was about that time that the book Every Young Man's Battle came out. And it was about, you know, sexual purity and, you know, resisting this temptation with pornography. And, and just living a life that Christ would have us to live. Uh, especially as young men who were struggling with that. And I'll be honest with you, I was like that good, like, church kid. Like, I went to children's ministry, I went to my youth group, and I didn't do those things. And so I was like, you know what, this isn't a message for me. And I remember being so resistant to us always talking about that in our youth group. And there is one night that I remember very specific because we got these devotional booklets. They were awesome. We got these every three months. They were a day-to-day -day devotional. And I remember I picked it up, and I would read it every night without fail. It was my kind of right before bed routine. It was on my lampstand right by my, by my thing there. And I looked at it, and the very first thing it says is, do you struggle with pornography or sexual sin or anything like that? And I'm like, you know what? I don't struggle with that at all. That's not something that I'm worried about. Like, I, I can go to bed early. I'm doing a good job in this. I remember sitting it back down on that little nightstand. And I will never forget, it was about three, four years later. I'm a senior in high school. I'm graduating. I'm going off to college. All of a sudden, all these different accountability pieces, whether it be my parents or my youth group or my youth pastor, were not in my life anymore, uh, at least close proximity geographically in my life, um, and, and I remember that was the first time that I struggled with that exact thing, and I remember very specifically, it was like the Holy Spirit just went right, uh, you know, right to me and was just like, do you remember that time that I had something to speak into your life, but you said, you know what, that's not something that I need, and I shut it and put it down. And, and God taught me something more than just about, you know, sexual purity on that day. He taught me a lot about how important it is to not only listen to God's word. I mean, obviously we understand that. But to be very careful to pick and choose what, what do I need to hear today. Because this might be a message for you right now. 
Uh, it could be a message for you next week or in the coming months or in the coming years. But I believe that God has something to speak to all of us here today about this topic of temptation. And so now that we got that out of the way, uh, Paul moves on and he addresses this idea of temptation in this next verse. It says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And I really like what Paul says here. Because I think it addresses a lie that we tell ourselves about temptation is that we are completely alone in this. Uh, I, have you ever, you ever struggled with something and you just felt like no one really understands what you're going through? I, I'm going to be honest, I, I've done that. I have said, you know, I, I just don't think that people can relate. And, you know, in my time, you know, I've done youth ministry, discipleship ministry, sports ministry. I've uncovered a lot of people, whether it be youth or adults, who, you know, when they're stuck in a lot of these situations, they have been in this temptation which has burst in, in their life. And one of the things that, that I've heard so many times is you just don't know. You don't understand. You don't get it. I think of one story specific um, you know, when I was a youth pastor, I was a very young youth pastor. I started right out of college. I was about 22, 23 years old. And there was this kid in our youth group. His name uh, was Ray. I was the middle school pastor. He was in eighth grade, trans transitioning up to high school. And when I met Ray, he had, I'm going to be honest with you, he did not have the best life. Um, here was a kid who, you know, when I met him, his mom was really addicted to everything. Literally everything. I don't know that I ever met or saw his mom in what I would call like a normal state. And in addition to that, you know, a few months after meeting them, uh, his mom was really just overcome with this lifestyle that she had just lived in for years to the point where uh, she got cancer and she died very quickly. And I just remember it absolutely wrecking Ray. And he was dealing with these temptations of anger and just hurt and just all these things, these, these, these pains, these, these difficulties that were very real. But what he was tempted to do was, you know, am I going to use this for good or am I going to use this for bad? And, 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 and what he chose to do was to really do a lot of things that, that were contrary to what God had for his life. Uh, here was a guy who, you know, his anger started to come to fruition or, 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 or personify itself in everything from stealing from the church. Remember, he did that a couple times, stealing from other people. He would tell lies about things that he was going through and other people were going through and started a lot of just different things. Everything from physical fights to verbal fights. And every time we would go to address this with Ray, the response was, well, you don't understand. You don't get it. And... You know, I'll be honest with you, I'm 22, I'm 23, and I'm like, I've never had that happen to me, so I really don't understand. I don't get it. And so I met a lot of those, that resistance with almost, a, I'd say I was, I was very empathetic, that was good, but, but almost a little bit soft on Ray, if that makes sense. And then I will never forget, there was one time, I don't even remember what he did, but he came into contact with our high school pastor, Pastor Sean. And he made that statement of, you just don't get it. And Sean said, well, actually, Ray, I do. You know, when I was in high school, you know, I witnessed my, my mom who was struggling with mental illness. 
uh, mental illness, which had led her into a life of addiction. And I watched her try to attack and kill my dad in our kitchen. And I watched my dad have to fight her off so that he wouldn't harm us and my siblings and him. I watched people come into my house and take her away, you know, to a hospital. But I also witnessed God's miraculous healing of her. And, you know, I saw her delivered not only from addiction but healed from her mental illness. And I got to see our family restored only for a year later for her to pass away from cancer. And he goes, so that anger you feel, that hurt that you have, the things that are just confusing you inside, yes, I have experienced all those things. And I had those same temptations to lash out at the world around me. But I'll tell you what, what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. And he has given me a testimony because of those things to go out and share this story with a world that desperately needs it. Because, Ray, there are people out there that are struggling with everything that you and I have in us right now. And, man, I mean, he was, like, saying this stuff to Ray, but, like, I'm sitting there, and he's really, like, preaching to me this reality that no matter what we face, there are other people out there that are facing the same thing or a similar thing. But a lot of times we choose to try to face that temptation, maybe that temptation that has evolved into sin on our own, by myself, all alone. And here's the really cool fact is that not only do other people relate to some of the temptation that we face in life, did you know that Christ relates to our temptation as well? And and there's this really cool verse, Hebrews 4.15. Hebrews 4.15, I want you to hear what it says. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. This is such a a cool reality, is that we realize that when Jesus came, he he was fully God. But what do we also know? That he was fully man. So every single temptation that we go through, the stuff that we face in life, he can relate to that. How cool of a reality is that? That the God that is on the other end of our prayers can relate to whatever we're going through. And I know for me personally, that has been such a sobering and comforting fact. So we realize that there is no temptation that has overtaken us except what is common to mankind. Well, that's great. That makes sense. I understand it. I get that God relates. But then how do I resist it? Because I'm not winning that battle right now. Maybe that's you here today. I'm facing that temptation, but I am not winning that battle right now. What does that look like? We're going to read further because it says in our next line, And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, this section that we're going to get into here has some incredible truths. Some incredible truths. But I also think it's one of the most misinterpreted lines in the Bible. Um, Maybe you can relate to this. You're going through something tough and maybe you've got that Christian friend who comes along and says, you know, God's never going to give you anything you can't handle. Who's ever heard that before? Has anyone ever heard that before? I know I've had many a Christian friend. I think I've been that Christian friend. You know, God is never going to give you anything that you can't handle. And that sounds really good, doesn't it? Like, I like that. That would be great if God didn't give me anything I can handle. But the fact is that that's just not true. 
The reality is that there's plenty that comes along in our life that we just can't handle. I mean, I want you to think about saying that statement, hey, there's nothing that, God, that, that he's going to give you that you can't handle. How do you say that to the drug addict who's sitting in rehab and just cannot shake that addiction? How can you say that to, you know, whether it's a, a man or a woman who, you know, just some issues in their marriage have just torn their marriage apart, estranged them from their spouse and their kids. How can we go along and say he'll never give us anything that we can handle, can't handle. In fact, if you look at what Paul says later, he makes a statement. This is in 2 Corinthians 1.8. So this is another letter to this church in Corinth. Uh, and he's talking about some things that are going on in life. And listen to what he says. He says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure and it was far beyond our ability to endure. So that we despaired of life itself. And I thought that was absolutely crazy. How can this guy who just said he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, you know, another letter later to the same people, same guy, say we're under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure it. So it's to the point where he's basically saying like life sucks. How can that possibly exist in the same person? And I think to understand that, we have to look at the really big truths that bookend this statement. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And the first one is this. On one end it says, and God is faithful. And God is faithful. I want you to think that is a very simple but profound truth. If you're asking that question that we asked at the beginning of this day, how does God feel about us when we're trying to follow him, when we desire to, to just engage with the plan that he has for our life, but we're still struggling with temptation, where is God at in all of that? Here's the deal, God is close to you. God is desiring to be in relationship with you. You know, I've heard, you know, people say, you know, I'm far from God. Here's the reality. We can be, quote, unquote, far from God. We can turn our back from, from him, but he is never far from us. Regardless of where you're at, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of that thing that you think no one else can relate to, God is right there with you. And he loves you. And he desires to restore you. And so... I love that before he even makes this statement, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He gives us the most profound truth that we can know, and that is God is faithful. And then on the other side, he bookends it with this. And I'll read it all together. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I want to hear two things in that last part. It says, he will provide. And there's a big truth right there. There's plenty that's going to come up in life that you can't handle. I'm not even that old, and I know that. I've experienced that. There is plenty that I have faced that I, there is no way that on my own I can handle. But God is never going to bring something into your life that he can't handle. It's reality when we turn to him, we have a God that is bigger than any temptation, any sin, 
any lifestyle, any struggle that we could possibly face. And again, you might say, hey, well, that sounds good as well. I love the fact that God is right here with me, that he relates to what I'm going through, that he understands and he desires to restore, uh, restore me to a right relationship uh, with him. But why is it so hard? Have you ever felt that way? Like resistant temptation? Why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Well, here's the reality. God didn't promise that it was going to be easy. In fact, it says that he gave us a way so that we could endure it. That word endure. When I think of endure, I think of endurance. Okay, when I think of endurance, I think of running. Does anyone here like running? I know there's some of you crazy people out there that actually enjoy that stuff. Listen, I'll say this. I like what running does for me. You know, I, I see Coach Rowe right here. I always tell him, like, I don't run to get in shape. I run so I can eat more of these. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I run because I like that, that it, it helps me to breathe better. I run because, you know, I, 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 I feel like it makes me concentrate. And I just feel better physically. But I don't necessarily enjoy running. You know why? Because it hurts. It hurts. I was up in Aerial Arena the other day. And, you know, I, I've run now for about two years pretty consistently. You know, I'll run five, six, seven, ten miles is my max. And that was like one time. I haven't done that. But I was running just like a tiny three-miler the other day. And I was at the, two, the second mile, and I'm like, man, does this stuff ever stop hurting? And the reality is this, that it doesn't. But it's because of that momentary pain, that, that enduring through, that I'm able to build up my body, that I'm able to grow. And the reality is, resisting temptation doesn't necessarily always get easier. Not giving in to that sinful lifestyle that maybe we've allowed ourselves to be in before. You know, it's, it's hard to resist it. But the reality is that in that struggle, in that endurance, enduring whatever it might be, God is growing us. He's growing us closer to him. He's growing us in our faith. He's growing our testimony that we have to the world around us. And that's an awesome truth. And so I was thinking about today, you know, how do we end this? What do we think about, you know, what do we consider when, how do we move forward? Because the original question, I want to bring it back up. How does God feel when we're tempted? And further, how does God feel about his people who are trying to follow his plan for their life? who desire to be in great and right relationship with him, but still struggle from time to time with this temptation. Well, the first thing is to know is that God is close. I want you to hear that today because I have just heard, I, I hear that statement, I say that statement, you know, so-and-so is far from God, all right? And we can, we may choose to turn our backs on him, but the reality is we, we serve a God who is omnipresent. He is always there. Not even a phone call away. He's a conversation away. And no matter what you're facing today, know his desire is not for you to be stuck in sin. No, his desire is not for you to give in to temptation. His desire is for you to be in right relationship with him, but his desire is to restore you. And so please, take some encouragement in that fact. And if you're struggling today, a couple things. First off, we said that right there, turn to him. Second thing is this, spend time 
with God and in his word. And I was even reluctant to say, so like, oh my gosh, they're going to be like, oh, here's the ministry guy. Like the answer to every question is read the Bible more and pray, you know, spend time, more time in prayer. But, you know, I thought about this actually two weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Ryan Wolf, he did his sermon and he said this about, he was talking about bad habits. Okay, bad habits, which has some correlation here to this idea of temptation. He says it's not enough to just stop engaging in these bad habits or these bad behaviors. We need to replace them with something. And the reality is that there are things that we are tempted with and, and maybe part of your action step or your next step and, and getting back into, you know, the plan that God has for you to say, like, I need to, you know, stop going to these places or I need to stop, you know, getting on this device or I need to stop, you know, having these conversations, whatever it might be. But the reality is you've got to replace that with something. I've heard of people, uh, and I've talked with individuals, I've, I, I've got, I heard some great testimonies of people who, you know, they said, I, it wasn't enough to just say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's when I felt that temptation, I felt like I was, I, I was just giving in to something there, I was able to say, no, I'm going to go read God's Word instead. Or, you know, when I was struggling with this or that and I couldn't figure out how to resist, I just need to go and I need to take a walk and I need to pray. And, hey, listen, prayer doesn't need to be like, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not one of those, like, foot of your bed, on my knees, hands folded like this, pray people. I'm a walk and pray guy. I have my eyes open. I'm looking around. You know, I think that's okay. I'm sure my neighbors probably think I'm nuts and talking to myself, but that's something that you can do. So all this breaking this temptation, resisting this temptation... It's not just enough to stop bad habits, but to replace them. Spend time with God and in His Word. And the last one is this. Don't try to bear temptation alone. I realize that we can sit there and we can have this feeling of, you know what? Like, I, I just feel like no one understands. I feel like no one can relate. This thing that I'm going through, this thing that I'm struggling with, no one else gets it. The reality is that no temptation we face is one that is not common to mankind. But even more importantly, our temptations that we face, we have a God who relates and understands. So please, uh, you know, find somebody that you can share about that with. Be someone who could be accountability and, and overall be able to be real with God with that. And so today, just as we, as we end, you know, I want you to think about maybe some struggles that you have. And I'll be honest, it's hard to be real with ourselves sometimes, too, of areas where maybe we're giving in to temptation. But as I pray here to close our time, as we're worshiping here at the end, I just challenge you to think about, God, what are you calling me to resist today? Let's go ahead and we'll end with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you so much for this reality. God, we ask this question of, you know, when we are tempted, even as believers, God, as, as those who love you, as those who desire uh, to have your will be done in our lives, that, God, we, we struggle with temptation sometimes, even to the point where that temptation leads us into or turns, it turns into a, a, a lifestyle of sin or a momentary sin, whatever it might be. But, God, first of all, we're just so thankful the fact that you don't turn your back on us. That, God, you are still there. You're still desiring a relationship with us, no matter what we're facing. So, God, I, I realize in this room today, there's a lot of people facing a lot of different things. First off, God, help them to realize that they're not alone. There are many others who are facing the same thing. And, God, you relate and understand temptation. So, God, help them to not just try to, quote, unquote, grin and bear it on their own. And, God, I just pray for those who are in the midst of the battle. 
that God, that temptation has begun to turn itself into a lifestyle of sin. And God, I just ask that you would give them the strength to endure it. That God, we realize we don't have the strength, we don't have the power in and of ourselves uh, to, to get through, to get by, to resist. But God, we know that you give us strength that you give us encouragement. Lord, that you give us courage to face whatever comes our way. So Lord, we thank you for that fact. Lord, ultimately, we're just so thankful that we could be here today as a body of believers and have this conversation and, and, and see what you say in your word together. So Lord, we just, Lord, we just ask all these things in your name. Amen. Let's stand and worship together today.
Jack, thanks for being with us today. You guys are dismissed.